0: Welcome to Music History Monday for February 8th, 2021. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is John Williams. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash Music, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. We celebrate the birth on February 8th, 1932, 89 years ago today, of the American composer, conductor, pianist, and trombonist, John Towner Williams, in the neighborhood of Flushing, in the New York City borough of Queens. Williams must be regarded as among the greatest film composers of all time, and is without a doubt, the most successful in terms of awards garnered, and dollars earned. Let's do the numbers, if only to get them out of the way. To date, John Williams has created the scores for eight of the 25 highest grossing films in American box office history. His 115 film scores include those for The Reavers, 1969, The Poseidon Adventure, 1972, The Long Goodbye, 1973, The Paper Chase, 1973, Earthquake, 1974, The Towering Inferno, 1974, The Iger Sanction, 1975, Jaws, 1975, The Missouri Breaks, 1976, Midway, 1976, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, 1977, E.T. the Extra-Terrestrial, 1982, The Witches of Eastwick, 1987, Empire of the Sun, 1987, Born on the Fourth of July, 1989, Hook, 1991, JFK, 1991, Schindler's List, 1993, Sabrina, 1995, Seven Years in Tibet, 1997, Amistad, 1997, Saving Private Ryan, 1998, Angela's Ashes, 1999, Minority Report, 2002, The Terminal, 2004, War of the Worlds, 2005, Munich, 2005, and Lincoln, 2012. Williams has, as well, provided the music for the Star Wars franchise, the Superman franchise, the Indiana Jones franchise, the Home Alone franchise, the Jurassic Park franchise, and the Harry Potter franchise. We're breathless. And that list doesn't include William's large body of television work, including Heaven Help Us, the incidental music for season one, of Gilligan's Island. Let us now add to the list William's concert works, which include 18 concerti, composed between 1969 and 2018, 23 miscellaneous orchestral works, composed between 1965 and 2014, and nine miscellaneous chamber works, composed between 1951 and 2014 among many other high-end musical institutions, Williams has been commissioned by the New York Philharmonic, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and the Boston Symphony Orchestra. His celebratory fanfares and marches, composed for the Los Angeles Olympics in 1984, the 100th anniversary of the Statue of Liberty in 1986, the Atlanta Olympics in 1994, the Salt Lake City Winter Olympics in 2002, and the inauguration of President Barack Obama in 2009 have collectively made him the American equivalent of George Frederick Handel, who himself created just such a body of ceremonial music for his adopted United Kingdom. Williams has been nominated for 52 Academy Awards, winning five. He is the only person be nominated for an Academy Award in seven different decades. His 52 Academy Award nominations is second only to Walt Disney, who was nominated 59 times. John Williams has been nominated for six Emmy Awards, winning three. He has been nominated for 25 Golden Globe Awards, winning four. He has been nominated for 71 Grammy Awards, winning 25. Another number, Williams holds the record for the highest grossing instrumental only album for Star Wars original motion picture soundtrack. The soundtrack has been issued and reissued so many times in so many different formats that it has been impossible for me to calculate an approximate number of sales. Suffice it to say that that number is in the many tens of millions. The first Star Wars movie remains Williams' most iconic score. Williams has said that in composing music that best serves any film, he needs to find what he calls the audience's, quote, sense of gravity, unquote. It was just this thinking about the audience that informed Williams' creation of the music for Star Wars. He said in an interview conducted in 2017, quote, I think in my mind, and possibly also George Lucas's, when I was writing the score, I thought it was a children's film. I thought that it was something that kids would go to on a Saturday afternoon, and that it had a kind of cartoon-like character, and the orchestra and the music should somehow be in that genre. I thought, I have to grab the attention of the ten-year-olds with this, unquote. He grabbed the audience's attention by composing straightforward music strong on emotional clarity and short on subtlety, music that made the clearest possible distinction between the good and evil that lie at the heart of the story. For our information, the Star Wars score won an Oscar and a Grammy, And in 2005, it was named as, quote, the most memorable score of all time for an American film, unquote, by the American Film Institute. Williams has won pretty much every conceivable honor and award a person in his profession can win, including an Olympic Order in 2003, Kennedy Center Honors in 2004, a National Medal of Arts in 2009, and honorary degrees from 21 American universities, including honorary doctorates from the Berkeley College of Music, Boston University, and Harvard University, the latter in 2017. On top of all of this, for 14 years, he served as the conductor and artistic director of the Boston Pops Orchestra. More than any other living composer, John Williams must be considered America's composer laureate. What has Williams done to deserve all of these accolades? He has created a body of instantly recognizable, accessible, grandiose, neo-romantic, preeminently tonal music, most of it associated with some of the biggest budget Hollywood movies of the last 50 years, the most famous of which are truly romantic in scope. Movies that celebrate mythological creatures, heroes, and villains, a galaxy far, far away, a gigantic shark, and cloned dinosaurs. William's penchant for quasi-romantic musical grandiosity and his trademark involvement in movies dealing with myths, be they American myths like Lincoln, JFK, and Saving Private Ryan, or outright supernatural myths like the Star Wars, Superman, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, and Harry Potter franchises have led him to be compared to the great 19th century romantic era musical myth maker himself, Richard Wagner. I believe the comparison is valid, musically valid. Williams, for all his accomplishments, is a modest, soft-spoken man, and it is a comparison we will focus on in tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes post. Likewise, tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes will deal with the nature of movie music, why we should never deny ourselves the pleasures of movie music, and the nature in particular of John Williams' music for both film and the concert hall. Biographical nitty-gritty. John Towner Williams' seemingly uninterrupted rise to the top of his profession is a testament to good genes, a nurturing musical environment, scads of talent, and plain old hard work. He was born on February 8th, 1932, to Esther Born Towner and Johnny Williams, who was a jazz drummer with the Raymond Scott Quintet and later worked for 20th Century Fox. I would tell you that the good musical genes did not stop with John. Both of William's younger brothers went on to significant musical careers as well. His brother Donald is a composer, conductor, and percussionist who trained at the Curtis Institute in Philadelphia. His brother Jerry is also a percussionist and for decades was considered to be among the top timpanists in Hollywood. John William's son, Joseph, born 1960, is the lead vocalist for the rock band, Toto, best known for their 1982 hit, Africa. In 1948, when John was 16, his family moved to the City of Angels, where Williams attended North Hollywood High. Upon graduating in 1950, he attended both Los Angeles City College and UCLA, and studied composition privately with Mario Castelnuovo Tedesco. 1895 to 1968. Drafted into the Air Force in 1951, Williams' musical education proceeded uninterrupted. He played piano and brass and conducted and arranged music for the United States Air Force Band. Having completed his service in 1955, Williams moved to New York City. He attended the Juilliard School by day, where he studied piano with the famed pianist and pedagogue Rosina Levine, 1880 to 1976, and worked as a jazz pianist at night. From New York City, it was on to Rochester, where he studied at the Eastman School of Music. His education complete, Williams returned to Los Angeles and went to work as a film studio orchestrator for such luminaries as Bernard Herrmann, Franz Waxman, and Alfred Newman, and as a pianist. For such further luminaries as Jerry Goldsmith, Elmer Bernstein, and Henry Mancini, it is John Williams who plays the signature piano riff beneath Mancini's theme from the TV show Peter Gunn, recorded in 1958. By the mid-1960s, Williams had established a reputation for being a versatile composer who could create both jazz-inspired and symphonic music but it was the latter, the symphonic stuff, that vaulted Williams into the Hollywood stratosphere. You see, by 1970, the big classic Hollywood symphonic movie scores of the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, in which a 110 minute movie might feature 100 plus minutes of almost nonstop orchestral music, were almost as dead as Lou Dobbs's TV career. Enter a young filmmaker named Steven Spielberg, born 1946, who fell in love with Williams' throwback symphonic scores for the movies The Reavers, 1969, and The Cowboys, 1972. We're going to let Spielberg tell the story. Quote, I'm a soundtrack collector, and I collected scores of the great film composers. I had a huge collection. And for many years, there was like a drought. A lot of the great old composers like Dmitry Tyomkin and Max Steiner were no longer writing music anymore. There was just a real loss of pure symphonic film music. And then, when I heard the Reavers and the Cowboys, I said, my God, this guy must be 80 years old. I really thought maybe he's some guy who's 80 years old and maybe wrote the greatest scores of his life. And I wanted to know who this guy was. And I met this young man named John Williams. I was amazed. You know, it's a rebirth. Film music is back. It's alive. Hallelujah. Unquote. John Williams and Steven Spielberg met in 1972. Williams was 40. And Spielberg was 26 years old. When Spielberg made his feature film directorial debut in 1974 with the Sugarland Express, he hired Williams to compose the score. The following year, in 1975, Spielberg again hired Williams to score his second feature-length film, Jaws. History Ranked by the American Film Institute as the 56th greatest movie ever made, Williams' score, for which he won an Oscar, is a masterpiece and a major component to the film's success. And so began what has turned out to be one of the greatest collaborations in the history of film. Depending on how you count them, Steven Spielberg is responsible for 31 feature films. Williams has composed the scores for 28 of them. The three he took a pass on were The Color Purple, for which Quincy Jones wrote the music, Bridge of Spies, for which Williams had to withdraw due to a bout of ill health, and Ready Player One, for which Williams had been hired to provide the score, but dropped out in order to complete the music for another Spielberg movie, The Post. Uh, By the way, Two years after Jaws, Spielberg's pal, George Lucas, born 1944, asked him to recommend a composer for the Star Wars movie, the first one. Spielberg recommended Williams. More history. This is what Steven Spielberg said about John Williams in his speech, welcoming Williams into the Hollywood Bowl Hall of Fame on June 23, 2000. Quote, There is nobody, in my experience, who made the kind of impact on my career and my films than this man. This man has absolutely transformed everything that I have done into something that I could not imagine ever having done. And he does it because he communicates so well with all of you. He has rediscovered something that was very powerful in the 1930s and 1940s, meaning the classic Hollywood symphonic film score. I know of no one who knows how to write film music that goes straight to your heart and straight to your soul better than my good friend John Williams. John is actually one of the greatest storytellers of all time. Unquote. Such is Spielberg's respect for John Williams' work that, for example, Spielberg recut the final 15 minutes of E.T., in order to accommodate Williams' symphonic finale. In many ways, Williams and Spielberg are both throwbacks, and they were fortunate to find each other. Says Williams, quote, I've been lucky to work with Steven because he loves music. Some directors feel as though they failed if they need lots of music. It's cosmetic, even unwanted. Spielberg's aesthetic, is a very fanciful one and is comfortable in the presence of music, so his pictures always offer the opportunity for lots of music. We conclude with a great anecdote before reconvening in tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes, with what amounts to part two of this John Williams post. When Spielberg first showed John Williams a cut of Schindler's List, Williams was so moved, he had to take a walk outside for several minutes so he could collect himself. When he returned, he told Spielberg that he deserved a better composer. Spielberg's reply, I know, but they're all dead. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.